We stay the course. We are dead. We are all dead. We were supposed to make the world a better place. What happened? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I know kung fu. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. This whole thing is insane. This whole thing is insane. 300 years ago, you'd have been burned at the stake. What do all men of power want? More power. This is now the United States of Zombieland. This whole thing is insane. Man is even capable of nothing but destruction. Everybody is stuck with the things that they're not proud of. More power. Welcome to the desert. Of the real. More power. There can be only one. Are you a God-fearing man, Senator? You're such a strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy heresies and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is. It just is. Especially when you get the audio version of AB Live. This one, episode 54. Ron censored and unfiltered. Just like the truth you've been looking for across all your existences. As always, supercharged by stellar audience participation. Micah Dank returned to the virtual Alexandria with bagfuls of astrotheology goodies. This time he covered the starry truths about the Book of Enoch and the Book of Revelation, and much more. As a bonus for patrons, Red Circle, and AB Prime members, I'll include our interview with the Reverend Bill Darlison from his book. The Gospel and the Zodiac. The retired minister revealed how the Gospel of Mark, scene by scene, is just a reenactment of the Zodiac, with Jesus being the sun across the constellations. Incredible findings, as you'll see, with a very powerful spiritual and often Gnostic message. I'm so grateful to those of you who support this red pill cafeteria, and I hope I have served you well. Your support and company keep me going. Don't forget the Finding Hermes program and my voiceover availability. Whether it's an audiobook, commercial, podcast, documentary, uh, audio broadcast to another planet, I can bring starry results to your project. Keep in mind too, you can now tip via Stripe, since many of you use it, found in the show notes of any audio podcast. And you can join the simple but effective Red Circle RSS feed that works in the podcast provider of your choice. We need Gnosis more than ever. You won't find this high-quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or guests and their unique insights 
anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. But enough of my short drivel. Let us to our latest AB Live. someone who was never meant for this world, I must confess, I'm suddenly having a hard time leaving it. Of course, they say every atom in our bodies was once part of a star. Maybe I'm not leaving. Maybe I'm going home. And we are live, nipples for men. You know, I had to say it. Sometimes I feel like being like uh, that character in Midnight Express. Did you ever watch that, Vance, that Oliver Stone movie with the Turkish prison? The no, scene where he puts so. his nipple, the guy puts his nipple up to the glass. Uh, Ace Ventura kind of mocked it. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'm, I'm showing my age. Anybody in the audience, let me know if you remember that. But yes, this is a world of nipples for men. And Birdie Num Num and those warm leatherettes. Ah, hey, Karen, I see you in the chat. You have seen it good, so you know that scene. Powerful movie. Um, but welcome, everybody, to AB Live, episode, I think it's 54. I don't know. And glad to see everybody starting to show up in the chat room. Very excited tonight. And you may be wondering why it's just Vance and I. Micah Dank will be joining us, but he's having... A few issues, so he's going to jump in as soon as you can, and we'll get this heretical party started. So, Vance, how are you doing tonight here in the desert of the real? Oh, I'm fine. Just wiping the Excel spreadsheet off my face. <laughs> the Heilig part of you, huh? Yep. Awesome, awesome. Well, here we will be doing a lot of uh, Stargates and Starry Nights and all that good stuff. And uh, even I was thinking, uh, for those of you who are not part of the Finding Hermes program, I do presentations on Gnostic rituals, exclusive ones. And I'm sure Vance would agree we're finding out that the Gnostics were obsessed with Stargates and traveling the stars. Even last night oh, we yeah. did the the secrets of the Nessenes, the serpent Gnostics, and how very much in the mystery school tradition, they travel down after an altered state of consciousness, they travel down to Hades, whether it may have been astral or mental, and then they catapult up through the constellation of Taurus, through Venus, into, well, into that... Uh, ineffable realm into the pleroma into the ground of being so uh, that's one thing we've shown here on aeon bite more and more that these ancient religions are were very much influenced by the stars and um well adding to uh what is happening i want to say hey micah how are you how's it going i'm sorry i was having computer issues i couldn't figure Streamyard out uh, we we know we understand. I've been having uh, tech issues with everything: printer breaking down, uh, microwave breaking down. You're here. 
you're outside, I'm envious because that means you're smoking. So rock on. Yep. Yep. I've got mine. So awesome. So for the audience, you know the drill. We, if you have questions when we get to that section, please type them in all caps or add question marks and uh, Vance and I will get to them as soon as we can. And again, as I was saying, uh, uh, the, the star portals or the stars are, uh, scholars are finding out are more and more important. If uh, those of you who watched our, in the last show with David Brackey, even he has said somebody who studied uh, Apocrypha and Gnosticism for years, now, because of the Gospel of Judah, he's so convinced that the ancient Jews were just soaked in astrotheology, and it was imperative because that gospel is very influenced by, again, starry portals. And, of course, you don't have to be an expert to see uh, something like the Book of Revelation is fully influenced by the stars, by the procession of the equinoxes, by all that. And of course, uh, the book of Enoch is as well. And those are two books that have really captured the imagination of both the orthodox and the heterodox throughout history. Ook smile, what jewel flavor? Well, they don't, they, I forget it was, uh, yeah, it was freaking Trump banned the jewel flavor. So now you can only get menthol or regular but I used to like to do the like the mango jewels and shit like that. But now yeah. I just do menthol. So, so awesome. So, Micah, how you been? I'm good, man. I'm 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 very good. I've been doing and, a lot uh, of uh, podcasts recently, and I've been just gearing up. My uh, my next book comes out. Well, I have to have it turned in August fifteenth because my publisher has to put it together, and it's going out September fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, it's going out. Wow, that's a quick turnaround. And what's the name of the book? It's the final type. Into the rabbit hole. The final type. And this, so the part of your your series yes, that basically you use your ideas. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll get started with the presentation in a second. I don't think uh, we'll worry about some house cleaning later on or as we go through the interview. But I wanted to mention, again, talking about the importance of the stars with the ancients, how it's become more and more imperative. I was uh, thinking today, obviously, the news about uh, we have these billionaires going up to the stars. And uh, one thing I'm glad is that nobody really gives a shit except for the media. So it's nice we live in a world with those celebrity CEOs are a thing of the past and we can see right through their asses. But why are they going to the stars? And this is my little theory or uh, or a rant or whatever you want to call it. Uh, if uh, we had uh, John Michael Greer in his book, The King in Orange, and he talks about Oswald Spengler and his ideas on cultures. And uh, Oz Spengler said that our culture is what you call the Faustian culture, started around 1000 AD. And this is the culture of the colonizer. This is the culture that decided it would make a deal with the devil to get all this material go goods and power and all that. It would do anything it wanted to get what it needed for its own enlightenment, both mental, uh, material, and even spiritual. And uh, we are living at the end of this Faustian culture. As we can see, we are in decline because these cultures just start to die off. 
the ideas don't work. Uh, they just rot from within, regardless of the culture. So, the, But the, one of the characteristics of the Faustian culture is this idea that we got to go to the stars. A lot of cultures like to look at the stars, be inspired by the stars. But in the Faustian culture, we got to go to the stars. And of course, this translates into colonialism, exploration. But again, make that deal with the devil, get all the resources, stay there, all that good stuff. So the idea of the stars is very powerful in Western culture. And that's, you know, we can talk science fiction in the late 19th century uh, with H.G. Uh, Wells. We can talk Kennedy and his ideas of going to space. And even now they're trying this whole idea of billionaires traveling in space. They're trying to get our Faustian nature to get excited. But as the Faustian culture is ending, as the empire is crumbling and will transfer to another culture, it's just not working as it used to be. So those are those are my kind of thoughts on what's going on with the uh, with the billionaire uh, guys going with their big uh, penis rockets up into space. And in fact, somebody shared a uh, very cool meme I had to share with the audience. Uh, I guess if you're listening to the audio, you probably won't be able to get it. But we have it on Facebook. Where is it? Let's see if this works. Let's see. Do you guys see it? What do you see? Not yet. Not yet. Um, we saw your uh, desktop background for a second. And do you not see it anymore? What do you see? There's the desktop background, but there's nothing on it. It's the other screen or something. Wrong you don't screen. see anything? I see the Milky Way. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting the wrong one. I might have to figure play with this when I can figure out what am I doing wrong. I had a really cool meme of Jeff Bezos as the demiurge, but uh, well, Micah, are you ready to present? I hope you have more luck with the share. Or are you just doing this audio? Oh boy, more problems with this. Let me see here. So I called on share. I know last time you got it. You had better luck than I did with the screen share. All right. I see you've got something going on there. Do we see a full screen? Let's see. Right now. Nothing yet. Oh, let me add it. Let me add it to stream. Ah, there you go. Ah, I just had to add it to the stream. Maybe that was the problem with my thing. You see Aquarius? Yes, for yes. the audience, do you guys see that? Uh, raise your hands if you see what you're seeing or say something. We see it. Thank you, Eric Alexander. All right, man. Well, let's get started with this party. All right. So I'm going to go through the 12 signs real quick and what to look for. So Aquarius is the first sign in Aquarius, which is represented by the man with the water pitcher. So whenever you hear words like son of man or man or boy or fountain or stream, or pitcher, or baptism, because this is how you baptize someone, is with a pitcher of water like this. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about the sign of Aquarius. Then Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. 
Then Aries is the Ram, and in Aries you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's a 12-hour day and a 12-hour night. It's also the Passover, or the passing over of the sun over the equator in astrotheology. See, in the Jewish religion, the Passover means God is passing over Egypt, okay, and giving judgment to the firstborn sons of the Egyptians, who he's going to kill, uh, as the 10th plague in order to get the Jews out of Egypt. However, in astrotheology, the Passover literally just means that the sun passes over. Now, in Christianity, the passing over is changed and it's called the resurrection of God's son. You have Easter and Passover, both in Aries. Then Taurus is the bull. And when you look in the sky and you see Taurus during the season where it's supposed to be, you know that you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Then Cancer is the crab, and it's a sideways moving creature. Okay, It moves sideways just like the sun moves sideways. So what the sun does is it starts on December 25th. It rises a degree above its axis. And then the next day it rises another. And then the next day it rises another. And it keeps doing that every single day until it hits June 21st. When it hits June 21st, that's the height of the summer solstice. Okay, so the sun can't rise any further. It's the longest day of the year. Then for three days, it walks sideways and stays at that height, just like the crab. Then it drops a degree June 25th. It continues to drop a degree every single day until it hits December 21st, where the sun doesn't even rise on its axis anymore. The ancients used to say the sun was dead. And then the sun moves sideways for three days again, so God's sun was dead for three days. Okay, and that's the pattern that the sun does every single year. And the ancients had this mapped out. But Leo is the king. He's the lion. He's the king of the jungle. And the ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So whenever you hear lion or Leo or um, lioness or cub, they're talking about Leo. Then Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. So remember before when you said that you plant in Taurus? Well, you plant in Taurus and the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. So anytime you hear woman or virgin, or young woman, or wheat, or seed, or barley, or corn, or any type of grain for that example, they're talking about Virgo. Um, and basically, that's where you get the bread, okay? Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales, it's the balance, it's the just one. And the reason it's the justice is because it judges God's sun as it passes over the fall equinox and begins its descent into winter. So earlier in um, Aries, it passes over the equator. Here, it passes under the equator. Okay, so it's judged and it's sentenced to its death. Okay, the Jewish people always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. And because Libra is judging, judgment, judge, the judge swan, judging. Um, eight days after the new year in the Hebrew calendar, you have something called Yom Kippur, which is the day of judgment, where the Jews fast all day and they don't eat or drink and they go to temple and they pray that God's going to keep them in the book of life for the rest of the year or for the new year, I should say. Libra is also wine season. So anytime you hear grape or wine or vineyard or vine or like the parable of the true vine for example it's a metaphor for libra libra is also olive season okay so basically you you press the olives in libra too so you have virgo the bread and libra the wine so that's what you have to look for in libra now scorpio is the scorpion and he is the betrayer and when a scorpion bites you it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips it's why the mafia has the kiss of death 
And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. Okay. So the son is judged in Libra and is betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, this is where the rider with the bow and the arrow inflict further punishment on the sun. They shoot the sun, inflict further punishment on the sun. Now the day of death is Sagittarius. It's December 21st. Okay. So basically every time they're talking about a death in the Bible, they're talking about Sagittarius. Okay. So then finally Capricorn is the goat because he likes to climb the mountain. So anytime you hear goat or kid, for example, um, it's because he likes to climb the mountain. The Zodiac wheel starts with Capricorn at the bottom and it starts in December 25th. It climbs a degree, just like the goat metaphorically climbs the mountain or literally climbs the mountain better than any other animal. The sun literally starts to climb in, in, in Capricorn. So those are the 12 signs. It's, it should be pretty familiar to a lot of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. I like the story. No, that's a cool story. Good way to remember things. Okay. So Revelation 4-7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. So the first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's Aquarius, the sign of the man. The fourth is like a flying eagle. In astrology, the Scorpio is the belly crawling creature. It's the lowest form of life on earth. The same way that the snake was made to crawl on its belly after the deception in the Garden of Eden. However, its evolved form becomes the flying eagle, which is the highest flying form of life on earth. Okay? So the four signs you have here are Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Okay? Those are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. When you have the zodiac wheel like this, you connect the solstices and the equinox, they make the perfect cross. That's the cross of God's son that he lives and dies on. These four signs make an X through the cross, and it's a perfect celestial alignment. So that's why they were chosen for this passage. Revelation 5 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David is triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and the seven seals. Well, the lion of the tribe of Judah is Leo. Okay. When the sun, when the sun, when Jesus is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man. When he's in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. When he's in Aries, he's known as the lamb of God or the good shepherd. When he's in, uh, in cancer, the crab, the Egyptians used to have the crab. Uh, it wasn't a crab. It used to be the beetle. It used to be right. the yeah. okay, and that's why Saint Augustine called Jesus the Good Beetle. Mm -hmm. Okay, then in Leo, when the sun is there, he's known as the Lion of Judah. Uh, Virgo, the woman with the wheat stalk, he's born of a virgin, and he's called the Bread of Life. Okay, and then in uh, in in Libra, he's known as the Just One. You know, and then he's betrayed in Scorpio, he's killed in Sagittarius, and then he comes back in Capricorn. I watched as the lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. We just went over the four living creatures. Mm -hmm. Do you know why the lamb has to open the first seal? Do you know why it's the lamb, which is Aries? No. Because Aries starts the year. The year begins in Aries. The year doesn't begin in Aquarius. The year doesn't begin in Capricorn. The year begins in Aries. The ancients knew this. When you take... 
um, Aries and you start there and you do September, October, November, December, or Sept, Oct, Nov, Dec, okay? They line up perfectly, 7, 8, 9, 10, when you start the year in Aries, okay? That's how it used to be before um, Julius Caesar and Caesar Augustus entered mm -hmm. themselves into the calendar, screwing everything right. up. <laughs> Revelation 6-2, I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. Well, that's the horse with the bow and the arrow. That's Sagittarius. That's obvious. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the living creatures saying, two pounds of wheat for a day's wages and six pounds of barley for a day's wages. Well, that's Libra, as I just, I mean, that's Virgo, as I mentioned. And do not damage the oil and the wine. Well, that's, Vir I mean, that's Libra. So you have Virgo first and then Libra. Those are connecting signs. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair, and the whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. So you have the sun turned black like a sackcloth made of goat hair. The moon turned blood red. Figs dropped from a fig tree. The goat is Capricorn, and it's black because the Saturn is the ruling planet of Capricorn, which is known as the black planet. The Jews wear the black cube on their forehead when they pray and they wrap, it's called fillet. And they wrap it around their hand seven times and then they wrap it around their fingers and then they place it on their forehead. It's Saturn worship. And the Muslims walk around the Kaaba in Mecca. Okay. Right. The moon turned blood red because you have Capricorn, which is the black planet. That's why it's a black sackcloth. And then it's direct, it's cross sign is cancer whose ruling planet is the moon. That's why the moon was blood red because they're opposing signs. The first time figs are good to eat are in June or Cancer. The second time they're good to eat is from August to October, which is basically Libra. Revelation 7-4, then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. Um, Miguel, do you, are you familiar with this passage? Yeah, I am to an extent, yeah. Uh, okay. I know the 144, I mean, one thing people don't know is... Uh, when you look talk to Christian fundamentalists, is that I think it's 144 uh, male virgins. It's not like some special Christian group that's going to get saved. So they kind of forget that passage. But go ahead, Micah. Right. That's what that's that was my point, and I'm glad you brought it up. Is that these people think that out of everybody that's ever lived, which it's been estimated, it's been about 150 billion people in all of humanity that's what it's been estimated at mm -hmm. um that out of all of them only 144,000 get saved <laughs> however are you guys familiar with the chakras yes seven chakras but i know there's much more many more chakras according to hinduism and theosophy yeah okay here we go there are seven chakras the root has four petals the sacral has six the solar plexus has 10. the heart has mm -hmm. 12 and the throat has 16 which equals 48. The third eye chakra is represented by 96 and only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the lower chakras. So 48 times two equals 96. The crown chakra is a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. When you add the lower six, you get 96 plus 48 equals 144. And you times that by a thousand, you get your 144,000. What wow. they were trying to say is when you've activated... All At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All your chakras, this is when you get to see God. Wow. it's awesome. That is very cool. Good insight, man. And the pineal gland is that's where you're able to see God as well. So many yeah. mystic said. Genesis thirty two thirty. And uh and Jacob called the place Peniel, P E N I E L. Nice. For he saw God face to face and his life was spared. Well, Peniel just becomes Pineal. So they knew this. If you know about the ancient Egyptians too, the Eye of Horus, you see all the celebrities doing this? This mm -hmm, is just yeah. like the Eye of Horus. The Eye of Horus is the single eye. It's it, When you do a, a sagittal cut of the human head and then you open it up like this, if you look in the middle of it, you see the Eye of Horus. You see the eye, which is the pineal gland, and then you see the eyebrow ridge right here. It's the corpus callosum of the brain. Very true. Right? Yeah. As Johnny Carson said, this is some wild and crazy stuff. Revelation oh, Revelation 9.3. And out of the smoke, locusts came down on the earth, and they were given powers like that of scorpions of the earth. Well, the power of a scorpion is to betray. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. And um, Scorpio is scorpion. The very next passage, the locusts looked like horses, that's Sagittarius, prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold. So now Sagittarius, the sun is in Sagittarius. So the crown of gold is a metaphor. And their faces resembled human faces. That's Aquarius and Virgo. Their hair was like woman's hair. That's Virgo. And their teeth were like lion's teeth. That's Leo. They had tails with stingers like scorpions. That's Scorpio. So in this one passage, you just see eight, eight mentions of uh, the different uh, signs. You see how like obvious it is in your face? Yeah. yeah, once you have the decoder stuff, uh, the the astral Rosetta Stone, you're like, oh, 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 these guys are just kind of ticking it off, huh? <laughs> That's basically what they're doing, yeah. Revelation 12.1, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, Ten horns and seven crowns on its heads. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Okay? A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun. That's a metaphor for the sun in Virgo. Now, there's 24 hours in a day. There's 12 signs. Okay? So the sun spends two hours in each sign every day. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if the sun is in Virgo, that's roughly from 4 to 6 p.m. Okay? So if it's from 4 to 6 p.m., um, what you have to do is you have to um, realize that the sun is out still, if it's 4 to 6 p.m. If the sun is out, the moon is at her feet. If the moon is up, the sun is at her feet. Make sense? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, she was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. This is another metaphor for the virgin birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky from Earth. Are you familiar with the constellation Draco? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, I was just talking, there were some Gnostic groups like the Paratics who believed in going through the, the constellation Draco to uh, heaven or the other dimension. Right, well, the constellation Draco, its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius. That's a third of the stars out of the sky. So that's all this is. There's not going to be like a pregnant woman in the sky with a dragon about to eat her at the end of days. Damn it. This, is Damn it. All, this is all that it means. You know, this is this is this is how this is decoded. You know, Revelation 13, 2. Then I saw a beast. Uh, the beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like a lion. There's a constellation called Camelopardalis. It could reference mm -hmm. a camel, which is Camelos, and a leopard, which is Pardalis. The giraffe used to be called the camel leopard. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. Okay. So the beast resembled this constellation Camelopardalis, but had the feet of a bear. That's Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, represented by the great bear and her cubs. Revelation 13, 11. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. Well, the lamb is Aries, and the dragon is Draco. All right. Okay? Draco starts. The tail starts in Aries. Revelation 18, 13. Cargoes of cinnamon and spice, of incense, myrrh, and frankincense, of wine and oil, Libra, of fine flour and wheat, Virgo, cattle, Taurus and sheep, Aries, horses and carriages, Sagittarius and human beings, Aquarius and Virgo. It's all the slaves. Again, eight different signs in this. Uh, that's the book of Revelation. I went through it a lot quicker than I thought I would, but that's basically it. <laughs> well, I'm sure we got some questions before we get to the book of Enoch. Uh, my takeaway, uh, I just wanted to mention, <clears throat> you put Revelation 6-1. For the audience out there, for those interested in Gnosticism, it says a voice like thunder. And this is something Robert Price noticed because uh, the book of Revelation slams the Nicolaitans, who were a Gnostic right. sect. For those who think that the Gnostics were later, it seems in the first century, uh, the, whoever this elder John is, is pissed off at these. One of the seven churches is the Nicolaitans. And uh, later church fathers said that Nicolaitans might were behind uh might have been behind the gospel of Eve and uh right. the gospel. It's important to know, Miguel. Miguel, it's important to know in Hebrew too that the word for thunder literally translates to voices. That's what they used to think when they would hear thunder. They would hear that they would be God talking. That's what they used oh, to say. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and so uh, he thinks that the in, uh, right after Revelation 6-1, one, one of the angels hides the seal. They might have been hiding the text under the perfect mind because it was so blasphemous. This God is talking about stuff. So that's an interesting point. I just wanted, again, to make it for those Gnostic-minded. And I guess for the, for the audience, uh, as we talked in our last interview, Micah, these things were sort of uh, coding uh seasons agriculture and all that so the book of revelation isn't some sort of uh um it's not about the end of the world what is the message of the book of revelations uh, do you think i think the book of revelations it's just like every other book in the bible what did i did i do the book of um did i do the book of matthew with you last time the first gospel no no i don't think we did vance don't recall yeah, no, I don't think we did. Okay, well, let's do that first because I'm going to show you exactly how this code works. 
All right, and then we can find. Then let us know what what they were trying to do with the Book of Revelation. The same thing they try to do in all these texts in the Bible, as you argued. Right. I got a question before we go on to uh, you know leave Revelation. Um, I can see that they were calling out lots of astrological signs. What was the meaning, or what what were they trying to accomplish by the references? Um, okay, so you have to understand is is that at the time that the Bible was written, we were barely out of the food chain. Okay. In fact, we weren't really, because if you think about the region that they lived in, in Egypt, where it all came from and Israel. Okay. When the sun would go down, all the wild animals would come out. Okay. So you needed to know when the sun was going to go down. You needed to know Taurus, the bull, you needed to know when to plant because when, if you knew when to plant, then that means that you were going to be able to harvest in Virgo and Libra in order to make the bread, in order to make the wine, in order to make the olives, the barley, all this stuff that you were going to need to store over the winter. Okay. If you didn't plant when the bull was out, if you didn't know to do that, you would starve at the end of the year. You had to know when winter was coming. And we take for granted that we have clocks, calendars, watches, smartphones, and all that stuff. They didn't have that. Okay. So what this is, is it's basically an encoded farmer's almanac to hide their secret information. Okay. That's what it basically is. And no book is different. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And for thunder, I think uh, thunder is Baruch in Hebrew and Barak in uh, in Arabic. So I just thought about that. I guess I'm thinking I'm thinking Barak, right. of course, I'm thinking of the president and Rick and Morty because I can't get I can't stop talking about it to Vance. <laughs> Vance and I are working on our Gnostic themes in Rick and Morty. So stay tuned, audience. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, why don't we do that? Why don't we do uh, da, da, da. here? Let me get you on the screen there, Micah, at the stream. Okay, here we go. You guys see it now? Yeah, we can see it. Book of Matthew. Yeah. Can you do the full um, the, the, the full page? Do the um, slideshow? Um, it's going to screw my computer up if I do all five. So all right. I, I don't want you to do that. Um. All right, so basically what I've done is I've put the Zodiac wheel on the left, and I've outlined it, okay? Now, I picked the book of Matthew because it's the first gospel for no other reason, okay? Now, repent of your sins, Matthew 3, 2, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Each gospel begins at one of the four major points of the Zodiac and ends at one of them as well. The two solstices and the two equinox, those are the points, well, I told you that the kingdom of heaven on earth is in Leo when the sun is in its ruling, when the, when the sun is ruling the planet, I mean, ruling the sun that it's supposed to be. The closest day to it is June 21st, which is in Cancer, which I've highlighted here. So that's where this gospel starts. Then this is the firmament between Cancer and Leo. It's the beginning of the kingdom. There's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork. The firmament are the passages, are the dividing lines between signs. Now, the next passage, Matthew 3, 4, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. If we take the most famous drawing of a man, Leonardo da Vinci's Vitruvian Man, and superimpose it onto the Zodiac, we can make sense of it. Cancer being the head is why he eats wild honey. In the sign of cancer, there's a group of stars called the Beehive Cluster. Okay, so the bees produce honey. This is also why the land of milk and honey is so prevalent in the Old Testament. Okay, it's the area between the Milky Way galaxy and the Beehive Cluster. The Milky Way galaxy centers in Sagittarius. So your land from Cancer to Sagittarius is the land of milk and honey. So I've circled his head because his, head, his mouth is in his head and his head is in Cancer. So he's eating the wild honey. 
A little lower on the body is the closed hair made out of camel hair or camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. So right now you have the head and the upper body so far. Moving a little lower on the body, you'll get his midsection, which is where you'd wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull and is the female is the cow, which is where you get the leather for the leather. Regarding the belt, Orion's belt sits between Taurus and Gemini. So next would be the baptism. Now, how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo, which is where we were, to a water sign to signify the baptism? And I use the water sign loosely. In Aqu it, Aquarius is an air sign. Pisces is the water sign. But Aquarius, because it has water in it, can be used to mention a bunch of different water things. Okay? So cross signs, as they are known, are signs of opposite location. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. This is very important. Okay? So here's mm -hmm. the Cancer Leo firmament. Here's the Capricorn Aquarius firmament. The man with the pitcher of water is Aquarius, personified by John the Baptist with the water. It's important to note, too, that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. When you think about the fact that Jesus is born on December 25th and rises a degree a day, then that must mean that John the Baptist is born on June 24th and decrease a degree a day. This is why in John 3.30, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why St. John's Day is exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. So the next story is the temptation of Jesus. So we're going back to the Cancer Leo Firmament of July 24th. This one is simple. He's tempted for 40 days. So count 40 days. It takes you to September 2nd if you do that, which is right in the middle of Virgo. Mm -hmm. Okay? The virgin with the wheat stalk. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Here we see mention of the bread, which tells you that the son is in Virgo. There's another section in the Bible where Jesus feeds the masses with two fish, and the two fish are Pisces, and the loaves of bread, the loaves of bread are Virgo. Those are opposing signs. Okay? Matthew 5, 17 and 22, I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you are at the firmament, it could be used on either side. This could be used to talk about bread or it could be used to talk about what it's actually talking about now, which is law and judgment. Libra, the scales of law who judges the sun before it's descent into fall and winter. Matthew 7, 9, 10, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Once again, this being the firmament between Virgo and Libra, it switches back to Virgo. Matthew 7, 15, 16, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick grapes from the thorn bushes? The sheep are the ram in Aries, and the grapes are in Libra. Once again, these are opposing signs. It'll always talk about the opposing sign or the neighboring sign. That's how you know this is encoded. Okay, if it was just jumping around the zodiac randomly, it might, it could be left throat interpretation, but it's always the opposing sign and the neighboring sign. Okay, Matthew 13, later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. The story now moves from Libra to the barrier between Aquarius and Pisces as he is right beside the lake or the two water signs. Its cross sign is the Leo Virgo firmament. As it's across from Virgo, the wheat stalks and the grains, isn't it ironic that the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast? Mm -hmm. Moving back along, next is the fishing net parable. So now we go back across from Leo Virgo to its cross sign Aquarius Pisces. Then Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This ends at the firmament of Gemini Cancer. So I mentioned to you guys before that Judas is Scorpio, right? Right. 
Betrayer, the betrayer, yeah. Betrayer. Now, Simon Peter, okay? Jesus gives him the name Peter. Do you know why? A rock, according it, to tradition. His name is Simon. Why would you name someone who's Simon Peter? Because this church will be built upon you in some of their Well, Peter, Peter was a fisherman, okay? So that's Pisces. Do you know what the ruling planet of Pisces is? Mm -mm. No. It's, it's Jupiter or Jew Peter. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So next, you go from the Gemini Cancer to the Sagittarius Capricorn. This is G January, uh, December 21st. This is the day of death. And the next story is the death of John the Baptist. Okay. Ignore that. Ignore that. This is the cross of God's son. So this is what happens when you connect the solstices in the equinox. This is what it looks like. Okay. Next is Libra, which is the law and wine. Remember, what stories do we get now? The story of the temple tax, the unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. So as you can see now, this is how it's plainly encoded. Then next is, Ju is Scorpio, the betrayer. This is where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. So we were just in Libra. Now we're in Scorpio. And then we go into Sagittarius. This is where Jesus is crucified on the cross. Okay? And that's basically it. That's the book of what an adventure. So you see how this is encoded? Yeah, yeah, very much. So in your yeah. fiction, we your book's the can't. rabbit hole. I was gonna say this is, this is sort of this is like the big secret that the church will kill you over. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. They found out. Before we get to uh, the uh, Book of Enoch, the Nephilim and the Watchers, uh, Vance, do you see any questions for the audience, or are they just riveted? I just got to, I'm just, I'll be right back, guys. Give me two seconds. Okay? Sure, no problem, no problem. Sure, I'm, um, let's see, I saw one question, uh, which I will well, bring up when he gets back. <laughs> Yeah, well, while well, well, Mike is taking care of what he's taking care of, I just had to get worries, no Good, yeah, so, once you hydrate it. This is uh, kind of an aside question, but uh, Tony M wanted to know which book in the Bible actually has contemporary use the most, in your opinion? Contemporary use? Yeah, that's what he that's what he asked. I don't know exactly what he means. In other words, what's the yeah, most popular from the, one? I don't think that the Bible is fulfilling prophecy. I think it was written back then the way it was written, and the elites and the one that really rule things tailor events now to make it seem like prophecy in order to keep people's heads spinning and busy, you know, just calling it out and doing this and that. I don't think that there's anything prophetic. About that. I mean, I can go through all the books of the Bible and show you how it's astrology. You know, it's encoded astrology, just like I did with Matthew, just like I did with Revelation. It's all the same code that they use to break it down. Um, I don't think it's prophetic, though. Yeah, they may have even remembered the story when it was verbal. They, they could remember the story by thinking of the stars and the relationships, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a mnemonic device. Yeah. Exactly. What do you think of that? You think that's possible? Have you ever heard of that? Possibly, but I I think that this was the sacred information, and that the elites tried to keep from people. Because what do you do with the most sacred information? You you hide it from people. That's what you do. You hide it in the Vatican vault. You hide it from people, and you hide it in plain sight is the best way to do it. 
Yeah, and we also don't want to. We have to remember the ancients were not uh, were a lot smarter than we give them credit for. So, and they had a more holistic way of viewing things. In other words, something could have multiple meanings to it at once. So, it could have it definitely could have different levels. But uh, that's for a, that's for another story. Or and of course, I'm sure. Have you tackled the Old Testament? I mean, well, we we've talked about the Old Testament, but you haven't done like a blow by blow of certain books in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. Uh, I have. Okay. I figured you've got it all down. I have in the Old Testament. I'll show you one real quick. It's, all right. It's a little short. It's the book of Job. You familiar with the book of Job? Oh, Speaking yeah. Of, yeah that one talks right? about astrology. <laughs> yeah, that one just straight out talks about it. <laughs> oh, this is, we went over this already, right? I don't think we went over this. I don't think we did, no. All right. Well, let me just pull it up real quick. Can you see my background? Yes, we can see it. Yep. Title page we see. Job 3832. Can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth is the zodiac. Okay, that's what it literally means. Okay, Maseroth over time becomes Mazalot, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which is good luck or good fortune from the stars. So what's the Lord's challenge to Job? He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are obvious. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above, and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Who can tip over the water jars of heavens? That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger for the lions? That's Leo. Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders on Virgo. Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn? Mariga, meaning deer, is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's Acellus Borealis, meaning donkey, and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille, or Al-Taliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. You give the horse its strength. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Sagittarius with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull in Levethian with the fish hook, which is the fish god Pisces? So you see how it's... Yeah, that was, that was a map. There was a, before we go, I saw a couple of questions that are actually pretty good. One question is, uh, does Jesus represent the sun, as many have said? What do you think? Yes, he's the, he's the, he's the sun God. He's, he's mm-hmm. the sun God. You know, he, he's the sun. He's the son of God, not the son of God, if that makes sense. And the other question from, and I know it's Anum, Anum Nono almost. Uh, in his alter ego of Asterox Foundation. Hello there, sir. Revelation mentions the number of the beasts. What is the corresponding interpretation of those? Uh, well, he says Coptic numerals to the zodiac. What's the number of the, the beast? The number of the, the number of the beast is six six six. Okay, mm-hmm. which is the number of man. It's the sign of man. Okay, the number of the beast is the sign of man. Is six six six. Six 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 is carbon based. We're six protons, six electrons, six neutrons. Okay, so we're all carbon based. Get out of here. They knew, they knew that shit? Yeah. I don't think so. 
I don't think they knew about atomic theory back then. They knew about string theory back then. Why wouldn't they know about atomic theory? I haven't heard that they knew about string theory either. That's they did. What do you think? What do you think, the third hermetic, what do you think the third hermetic principle is? It's the principle of vibration. Open up the quantum hermetica and read it. Hermes or Toth or whatever you want to call him, Trismegistus, 7,000 years ago. The principle of vibration. Everything vibrates, nothing stays stationary. They knew about this. Well, there's all the 12 dimensions and all that stuff too, but you know, they knew about vibrations, yeah. They knew music, right? They had psalteries and stringed instruments and so forth. Yeah, well, I mean, the Greeks obviously talked about atoms, but uh, yeah, interesting things to work on. All right, well, why don't we get to a little, let's get to some Nephilim and some Watchers and all those guys. Yeah. And there you have it, my beloved True Seekers. The first part of our AV Live with Micah Dank. Billionaires are obsessed with going up to the stars because they know this narrative just works for control and power. And that's where the magic is. Same as it ever was. And we need to reverse this. As a bonus for Patrons, Red Circle, and AB Prime members, I'll include our interview with the Reverend Bill Darlison from his book, The Gospel and the Zodiac. The retired minister reveals how the Gospel of Mark, scene by scene, is just a reenactment of the Zodiac, with Jesus being the sun across the constellations. Incredible findings with a very powerful spiritual and often Gnostic message. Yes, heresy is really so much damn fun. Including the audio version, this is a cool listen if you leverage the private RSS feed from AB Prime or Patreon that works in the podcast provider of your choice. And yes, you can now get a simple private RSS feed through Red Circle for less than five bucks a month. Check it out in the show notes. So please become a member or patron or Red Circle subscriber for the full audio interview and the bonus and to support this Red Pill Cafeteria. Go to thegodabovegod.com for means to assist and get the infernal rewards. Or just contact me. Whether it's Patreon or AB Prime or Red Circle, it will cost you about a buck per episode. And that's a deal of many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics is more important than ever. Might be the only way to stop billionaires from going to space and accessing energies that are ours by birthright. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.